This is an ABC podcast. Hi ladies, Yumi here and I'm just jumping into my sexy little time machine because I want to take you back, way back, to one of my all-time favourite Ladies We Need to Talk episodes where I went to a candle shop in search of something a little special to try and, well, spice things up a bit. That's nice. Anything I can help you with? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit personal, but... Okay. I'm looking for a candle to put in the bedroom and it, I want it to send a signal to my partner. When I light the candle, we are not having a quickie. We are having a slowie. <laughs> okay, a slowie. <laughs> got it. <laughs> so have you got a candle that can kind of set the mood in that way? Okay, so a candle to slow things down. Yeah. Usually people go with a woody kind of a fragrance when they're trying to get things in the mood. So we've got two. Mm. No, I don't like that one. Okay. Well, then you're going to love this one. Mm. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Really fresh and clean. Okay. And then if you want to really get it going, we've got um, a spray that you can spray the room with and it's called Chocolate Ganache. That's giving me a headache. (laughs) Yeah, I reckon I'll take that um, agave berries yeah, candle. Yeah, okay. All right, great. I'll just pop that into the bag for you. Thank you so much and good luck with your evening. <laughs> gorgeous. Thank, thank you. I was shopping for a magic candle. I wanted the scene-setting flicker of flame to communicate to my partner that, hey, Yumi wants a slowie. <laughs> and, like, I did realise that that idea isn't very original. But if it's a common thing that people do, light a candle when they want good sex as opposed to meat and potatoes sex or junk food sex, then maybe it would work for me. So, I have been dying to give you an update on the state of that magic slowy candle. It remains untouched. Untouched and unburned, I tell you. It turns out that my partner's house burned down in a house fire when he was 15 and since then he's had a full-blown phobia of candles in the house. No word of a lie. And seeing that poor, sad candle sitting at the back of the cupboard covered in dust made me think, do you know what? We need a refresher course on foreplay. And it's not like I needed an excuse to bring the world's most famous sex and relationships therapist, Esther Perel, back into your ears. So, ladies, I'm Yumi Steins and we still need to talk about foreplay. I hear many women who often say, go slower, just go slower. That's Esther Perel. She's become the go-to woman for relationship advice. She's a psychotherapist, author, and in her podcast, Where Should We Begin? She gives counselling to troubled couples. Esther reckons that a key mistake is starting at the finish line. Don't just go straight for the genitals, straight for the breasts, straight for the the vulva. 
just understand that when the lips around the mouth open, the lips around the vagina will open too. That our body, our part, is a set of interconnected parts. You know, don't just go straight. Stay, circulate, let the energy build. But I've heard many men say, sometimes all I feel is that, you know, she just wants me to get in there and to get it done so that it's over with. And uh, there's a whole other theater that I would like to be part of and a whole stage that I would like to create with my partner, in this case, female partners. Um, I think in same-sex couples, there is a different understanding. There's more of an identification often also with each other. Not always, but I, I can't say that it is by definition women want it longer and more involved. But what I will say is that because the model of sex is often so genitally intercourse driven, it makes women care more about foreplay because the foreplay ends up being everything else. Oh my God, Esther Perel has just said my favorite foreplay tip. I really wish that they taught this in high school. If foreplay is about building up desire, then the more time spent not touching the genitals, the better. Just leave the whole area alone and work on everywhere else. There's not a lot of research out there when it comes to foreplay, but an Australian study from 2006 found women are actually more aroused by the idea of romance and foreplay than sex itself women tend to need more of that coming together, more of that building arousal. This is Christina Spacavento. She's a sex therapist and a relationship counsellor. She's also one of my favourite types of expert. Direct, unshockable, she has heard it all. So I feel like I can ask her all kinds of questions, even obvious ones, like what does it mean to feel aroused? Now, arousal is when the body changes and the, the areas that are sensitive and can enjoy stimulation start to change. So, for example, for a woman, the nipples will darken and harden, blood will run to the area. There will be more blood flow to parts of the body in general. The temperature may rise. You may find that your heart starts to beat more quickly. You might even experience something called a sex flush, which is like a rash that you can see on your body when you become aroused. The vagina will actually lengthen and enlarge. The vaginal lips will engorge with blood. And the clitoris, of course, will also engorge with blood. It will increase in size and also harden. So this is arousal and we want the body to be ready. Okay, so that's what arousal looks like. But how do we get there? Well, apparently the most direct way is by stimulating the body's erogenous zones. And did you know erogenous is actually Greek for the birth of love? Erogenous zones are parts of the body that are sensitive and usually have more nerve endings in them and can, when stimulated, experience a lot of sexual pleasure. If we're talking about women, for example, what would some of their erogenous zones be? Well, the first one to talk about would be the clitoris. It's a pretty obvious one. And the clitoris is actually one of the organs that is internal and external. So we see a small piece of tissue on the outside of the vulva covered by the little piece of skin called the clitoral hood. But actually, it's an organ that 
exists within the body as well. There's like two sort of leg-like structures that can engorge with blood and are very sensitive and can be stimulated through the skin and through the pubic and the abdominal area that can give a woman a lot of pleasure. Is that right? So hang on. I can touch myself here. Yep. Like I'm just pushing sort of against my underpants line. Yep, where your pubic bone is. Yep, a bit lower then. Yep. And then and that's sort of connecting to that back part of the clitoris. Yeah, it connects to the pubic bone. Wow. So we actually have the, the clitoris is more than what we think. It is not just that small piece of tissue on the outside of the body. What that means then is that whole area now becomes an area that can be very erogenous for a lot of women around the urethral opening, around the vaginal opening. Even the anus can be extremely erogenous. Now, I need to caveat all of this with we're all different. Mm. We all have different bodies. We've all had different experiences. So we're speaking very generally here in terms of the anatomy and the physiology of the body, but the best way to understand whether or not this is an erogenous zone for you is to explore. And the first way is, well, you could do it with your partner or you could even do it by yourself. The advantage to doing it by yourself is that when you get into the sexual moment, you're going to be in the perfect position to let your partner know exactly what you like and how you like it. Okay, so those are the bits inside my underpants. What about further afield? Okay, so we have that whole area there and then we have the nipples. So again, the nipples are a very sensitive area of the body and we have the breasts. So they can be explored in many different ways. They can be massaged, they can be tickled, they can be kissed, they can be very gently bitten. They can be explored with objects such as feathers or massage oil. Again, it's one of those things. Some women's nipples are very sensitive and can experience intense pleasure. Other women's nipples are very sensitive and it's irritating for them. Christina, do women need foreplay more than men? Men in general tend to have more of what we call innate biological drive. And that is usually because they tend to have more testosterone in their bodies. Now, what that means is they just feel horny or turned on or that they want to search out some sort of sexual stimuli just because they feel it, nothing has necessarily happened. Now, because of that, men tend to think about sex more, men tend to search out sexual stimuli more, but men tend to also be ready more quickly, right? And so how do we know? Well, the man has a really nice, strong erection, he's ready to go, go, go. However, if we think about women, their sexual desire can and tends to be more delicate. And there can be a number of reasons for that. One, yes, there tends to be less testosterone in the body, so there less tends to be less of that push and that drive just to search out sexual stimuli. But women also in our culture have many responsibilities. Many are mothers, many are working jobs, many are running households, and there's a whole series of other things that women have to do. And so one of the factors that can affect sex drive and sexual desire is tiredness, but also stress levels, and of course illness as well affects it. So what can often happen is the man can be ready to go and the woman not necessarily ready to go. So I often say to my clients when I work with them, that's actually okay. No one has to push through here. What we have to do is work around it. There's a lot going on during foreplay, not just the physical stuff Christine is talking about. Your brain is furiously producing hormones like dopamine and oxytocin. Dopamine helps control the brain's reward and pleasure centres. It's released when we do things that feel good, like having sex. And oxytocin, sometimes called the love hormone, is also released during sex and helps with bonding and makes you feel close to your partner. 
So foreplay is about slowing down, touching the right spots and building closeness. So bring your focus to the in-breath. Which is what tantric massage is all about. Your mind has permission to let go. This is Maddie. She's a tantric massage therapist. If we're talking arousal and foreplay, Maddie knows all about it. Her massages are for everyone, men, women and couples. Tantra is centred on the idea of relaxing the body to the point where your physical boundaries have been dissolved. Maddie's clients very often orgasm during a session. And yes, if you're wondering, this can involve a good, gentle fingering. I love touch. I love massage. I love the flow of caressing all over the body. Maddie works out of a swanky apartment and I'm genuinely excited about meeting her. I think it's because I've always wondered to myself why some massage parlours offer full service to men with a happy ending, but it's very rarely, if ever, offered for women who surely need it just as much, if not more. Over the yoni, over the belly, between the breasts, down the arms. Maddie's demonstrating what she does to her clients on her friend Kath, who's volunteered. There's a lot of calm and patient touching going on. Maddie's making sweeping movements over Kath's whole body, and Kath's breath is slowly falling into sync with Maddie's. Her breath, her movement, a little bit of sound. Watching, you can almost see the horniness land in Kath's body. I enjoy tantric massage because I'm able to just receive. About 90% of men come, orgasm, and about 70% of women, in my experience. What's the role of massage in foreplay? To be touched for long periods of time, particularly for the female, will invite her into her erotic body in a way that will give her more sustained pleasure. Our bodies have a lot more potential for orgasmic and erotic energy. And foreplay, what we call foreplay, is a part of that. It expands the repertoire and the menu to get to orgasmic states. We don't actually depend on penetrative sex to reach orgasm. So foreplay, foreplay, if you are deeply present and in your body when you're receiving it, can ignite orgasmic energy in every cell of the body. So that can be done with touch. It can actually also be done even with eye gazing. For the regular person, how can they incorporate a little bit of tantric massage in their own home? Just experimenting with each other. Slow touch in a relaxed place. Being calm, centred, having the intention right that one is giving and one is receiving and feeling your own energies and then putting that nice music on and you can keep your clothes on even. Warm or cold, you're aware of how your genitals feel, how your pelvis feels, how your stomach feels. So an actively receiving is when when you let your partner know what you would like 
whether you would like it firmer or softer or harder or slower or uh, you guide and they can be more confident that they're giving you what you want mm. and you also get to practice asking for what you want. Maddie, can I just talk back to you what I've witnessed today and tell me if I'm on the right track about what I've seen and, and experienced at your tantric massage place? Mm. It seems really important that the woman feels safe. She feels connected and also feels unrushed. And I think if women can have that, that can be really like break things wide open for them in foreplay is to this is not just to get a fuck in right we're not just trying to get one over the line really be in this and enjoy this right now is that is that right absolutely and um you know you can schedule that with partners you can have for example once a week each of us gets a chance to purely receive and there's no sex there's no penetrative sex only unless, you might have a caveat, <laughs> only unless the receiver fully says yes, but the giver is not ever to have that as an expectation. You don't want that energy of expectation being there. It's really hard to get away from that idea that foreplay needs to lead somewhere, that sense of needing to get from A to B. So if receiving good foreplay in the real world is about putting your needs first, how do you do that? If you're finding it a little hard to understand what the hell that actually means, we're here to help. Christina and I have decided to pretend we're a couple. She'll be the one initiating sex and I'm the one who needs a bit of warming up. Okay, so there we are in the bedroom and and I'm feeling a little bit turned on. So I might say something to you like, hey, Yumi, you know, I'd I'd really love us to connect tonight. I'd really love us to be intimate. Are you up for that? How are you feeling? Well, I've just had a really rotten day and there's Doritos all over the bed. Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm not feeling very... Oh, babe, I'm really sorry. What happened during your day? Too much work, you know. I've got a bit of a headache. So you're pretty tired? I'm not that tired. You do look kind of hot tonight. Look, why don't you go and have a shower and I'm going to get the bedroom ready. I'm going to clean the bed. I'm going to get, get those Doritos off the bed. I'm going to change the sheets. And when you come in, it is going to be a lovemaking paradise. Oh, man, that's awesome. All right, off to the shower. Okay, all right. Well, you let me know when you're back. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Look, why don't you just, you know, take your clothes off, lie on the bed. I've got my Calvin Klein's on. <laughs> I'm just taking over now. I've warmed my hands up. They're not cold. And just let me give you a massage. Would you be up for that? Yes. So long as a massage doesn't mean you're going to stick your fingers somewhere where I haven't given... No way. Yeah, okay. No way. It's just, I just want to connect with you. I just want to be close to you. That sounds great. And if it leads somewhere, okay, it leads somewhere, but there's no pressure. I'm not going to pressure you. How does that sound? Okay, I'm up for it. Okay, great. Oh, God, but what if your partner isn't as cool as Christina? Christina, as my fake partner, is so accommodating, so easygoing, so not easily offended, you know? What if it's trickier than this? Well, Christina says that one key to good foreplay is talking about it outside of the heat of the bedroom. So I often say to my clients, are you having couple chats? And it's usually a no. Find the day, find the location, find the time, make sure the kids are in bed sleeping and you've got a couple of hours up your sleeve, bring your notebooks, sit down and start to talk about 
what it is you like, what it is that you'd like to explore. This is the space where if we're talking about the woman, she can say, you know, I need more time to connect with you. I need to feel emotionally closer or I'm not ready when you're ready. I need actually more touch in those areas of my body where I feel really good. And then it gives the partner the opportunity to listen, first of all, to take on that advice and then to try it out. It's actually at the deepest layer of intimacy. And what is another word for intimacy? Closeness. What's another word? Connection. What's another word? Vulnerability. We go to the most vulnerable places when we start to talk about the things that are most intimate to us, and that is often our sex life. We've spoken to a bunch of experts for this episode, and what you want sexually is, of course, completely personal and varies from person to person. We asked you what your best foreplay move was. Well, oh my gosh, you ladies delivered. God, you're amazing. This is Jessie. She's in her 20s and lives in Brisbane. She rang our ladies' line and left a voicemail. My top foreplay move would have to be going down and giving a girl head. Depending on the girl or the mood, it can be quite a sexy and sensual thing. Soft, slow kisses, fingertips up the stomach to the breasts and tickles on the inner thigh, behind the knee or massages to the calves and feet. Or it can be like a savage attack, like you haven't eaten in seven days and you're just going at it. A lot of people kind of focus on what they're doing with their mouth and are so focused on the clitoris and, you know, hitting that spot that they forget that there's a whole other body, you know, hitting all those other zones, the stomach, the nipples, the inner arms, the inner thighs, the feet. Like you have your hands free to explore a whole body. This is Georgia. She's 34 and lives in Melbourne. She says using sex toys builds anticipation and can make you seem irresistible during foreplay. My top foreplay move would be sitting on your bed with your vibrator, having the time of your life, with your partner over the other side of the room, not allowed to touch, not allowed to play, just having to watch and keep going as long as you want, teasing them and then let them join you when you feel like it. It just drives them crazy because they want what they can't have, but they enjoy seeing you get off. And they're just thinking about what they're going to have soon. I am the object of desire. And it's so hot being the object of desire. But when you think about it, that's all going on inside of your head. And inside of our heads is often so busy. So we've made a list of the best foreplay moves we've heard about in this episode. At number 10, slow down. Number nine, touch everywhere but the fanny. Number eight, learn your erogenous zones. Number seven, tell your partner what feels good. And crucially, talk about it outside the bedroom. Number six, Don't be afraid to receive pleasure. It's a form of surrender and it's good. Number five, oral is awesome. (laughs) Get it on a t-shirt. Oral is awesome. Oral is an art form and the best artists keep learning their craft well into old age. Number four, don't be afraid to show off. Sex toys, optional. Number three, take the pressure off yourself. Don't be goal-oriented all the time. Not all touch has to lead to sex and not all sex has to lead to orgasm. 
Number two, be vulnerable. That can be super sexy. But overwhelmingly, when we asked for the favourite foreplay move your partner can do for you, the number one answer was show consideration to your partner, be attentive, do the dishes, cuddle, touch and care. According to you, having your loved one do the chores that usually land on you to sort out is massively hot. And psychotherapist Esther Perel agrees. She reckons foreplay begins the minute that sex ends. The notion of foreplay is to actually think of it as, rather than the few minutes before the real thing, is to think of it as the broader ecology. The kind of energy that runs through a relationship, that is the foreplay. It's ability to see each other as sexual beings, to eroticize each other, to play with tension to play with crescendos and nuances of rhythm and of space and of of pacing with each other, and then to engage in a sexual encounter. All of that is foreplay, rather than the three, four scratches on the neck that are supposed to say, are you ready? Shall we do this? (laughs) Or the half-hearted laps at the genital area. There's a lot of um, focus on oral sex. I think there's all kinds of ways people can experience foreplay. But I think what I'm trying to say is that when you think of it like that, and Mm. the kisses, the mandatory kiss, and the mandatory stroking, and the mandatory licking, and the mandatory lubrification, you know, that then you focus sex on activity and on behavior. And you stop focusing sex on experience, on energy, on interaction, on communication. Sex isn't just something you do. It's a place you go. And it's a place that you go inside yourself and with another. It's a language with which you express all kinds of parts of yourself. If you focus on what do you do as part of foreplay rather than what do you feel as part of foreplay? What do you communicate to the other as part of foreplay? What do you prepare yourself for as part of foreplay? Then you have a much broader experience than this very genitally focused, often male dominant model of a little bit of prep before the real thing. The real thing is going to be intercourse and intercourse is going to end with an orgasm. The orgasm is going to be the proof that sex actually happened and then it will end and in a heterosexual context generally when he's done. When he's done. Ladies, we hope you enjoyed revisiting the foreplay episode. I'll admit I had to brush the corn chip crumbs off my chest and roll over to turn the volume up on all that excellent advice, some of which I had completely forgotten. We could all do with a refresh. Maybe you could get your partner to listen to this episode, share it with them, or at least write down those 10 steps and subtly leave them on their pillow to read resting under a delightful scented candle, perhaps. We'd love to hear if this episode about getting the foreplay that you want and, quite frankly, you deserve, has helped you get your mind out of the grind and the grind back into your behind. (laughs) If so, or if not, send us an email, ladies at abc.net.au. We really love hearing from you. This episode was produced by Cassandra Steeth and Olivia Willis. The supervising producer was Madeline Jenner and the executive producer, Laura McAuliffe. It was mixed by Judy Rapley and tweaked by Anne-Marie de Betancourt. 
Ladies, We Need to Talk was created by Claudine Ryan. This podcast was produced on the lands of the Turrbal, Yugambe, Gurungara and Gadigal peoples. Hey ladies, if you want even more taboo, smashing sex and relationships chatting in your life, then have a listen to The Hookup, hosted by Nat Tenchich. Hey Nat. Hey Yumi. Okay, so The Hookup, it's all about sex, love, relationships. And the thing is, you guys get really deep into the nitty gritty of it. I'm amazed with what we're actually allowed to talk about, I'll be honest. So am I. So some of the things that we can catch up on if we go to the podcast are topics like multiple orgasms. Yeah, so we did a really deep dive into the, I suppose, the old myth of the multiple orgasm, right? I feel like every woman has heard that, oh, they can have one, but not everyone's been able to get there. And is it really a thing? We spoke to a leading neuroscientist who's been studying the orgasm and what it looks like in the body and the brain um, and some real ideas of what an orgasm actually is, Mm -hmm. how you can achieve multiple orgasms and, uh, yeah, the, the tools to get you there too. So we actually have some very practical tips. And what's this about sex toys? Well, I don't know if you've been seeing any um, ads in your social feeds for crystal sex toys, jade yoni eggs, rose quartz dildos. These things are getting um, pushed by a lot of uh, sex experts that mm-hmm. they help you, I guess, get in touch with your body, center <laughs> your sexual chi or whatever. So we decided to investigate and find out if they actually do the things that they claim and uh, whether or not they're actually maybe not great for your vaginal health. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. Well, I definitely want to listen to that one. That is The Hookup on the ABC Listen app and from wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks so much to the host, Nat, for joining us. Thanks, Yumi.